Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Huckleberry by Lindsay Bones on AO3. Rating, general audiences. He feels a little awkward standing outside her door. There was a time when his showing up unannounced was just an expectation. At least it was on his part. These days, though, he has no idea where he stands with her. He knocks tentatively and waits. Hears shuffling and quiet murmuring. The door swings open and pushes her hair back in a puff of air. A smile breaks out across his face, and he has to fight back a hearty chuckle. She looks, in a word, adorable. He rarely gets to see her truly dressed down, but he has been enchanted by it every time. Today, however, takes the cake. She is clad in a white t-shirt and a pair of overalls so large she had to cuff them at her ankles. She flashes him a reciprocal, albeit tentative, smile. What? she asks, a little anxiety creeping into her voice. He reaches out and runs a finger down the soft denim strap on her shoulder. This is a new look. You heading down to a fishing hole or something? She smiles again and stands aside to let him in. I'm painting. Yeah? Trying a new hobby while you're on leave? He asks as he meanders into her living room. No, I don't have an artistic bone in my body. You might. It just may not be yours, he says, as he points at her midsection. I suppose that's true, she says, as she palms the swell of her belly. What brings you by, Mulder? I miss you, he thinks. I thought maybe you'd want to go grab lunch, he says. Oh, I would, but I gotta get this done. Get what done? The baby's room, she says, as she presses her palms into the small of her back. Wait, that's what you're painting? Yeah. What did you think I was painting? A fruit basket? She says with a little edge. Should you be doing that? He almost instantly regrets saying it, the way her eyebrows lift and her chin dips. He knows he's about to get ripped if he doesn't backpedal and quickly. I mean, because of the fumes and the chemicals and everything, he adds, hands raised. The window's open. I'll be fine, she says flatly. I could help, he offers. Her eyes narrow, and she's clearly sizing him up, examining his intentions with the same rigor she would a dead body. It's gonna take the whole day. I haven't even picked a color. He peels out of his leather jacket and tosses it over the back of her couch. I've got nothing but time, Scully, he says, clapping his hands on her shoulders, and nowhere I'd rather spend it. She looks at it like she's not quite sure if that was meant to be a compliment or not. Okay, then, she says with a shrug, a subtle, you win. Good, he says, releasing her and clasping his hands together. She picks up his discarded jacket and hangs it on one of the tidy hooks by her door. He follows her into the hallway, taking note of the way her white socks never fully leave the floor as she shuffles along. He can't get over how different she is now. The belly, of course, is the biggest change. But there are other things, lots of them, the way her hair curls at the ends where it hits her collar, and the way her lips now always look full, like she's just been properly kissed, which are things that he loves. There's a part he doesn't like so much, a weary sadness that hangs with her, like a cross around her neck. It takes the light out of her skin and stops a smile at her mouth, 
rather than letting it rise up to her cheeks and crinkle her eyes. He'd like to think he's responsible for the first two, and not so much the last one, but he isn't naive. He knows the initial distance he put between them has left her sunburned. His attempts at restitution have thus far been met with her genuine but all-too-professional thanks. He gets it. She's been through the worst of the worst, and just when she thought it was all over, that all her prayers had been answered, the best he could manage was, I'm happy for you. She's protecting herself, and he doesn't blame her one bit. The room, when they reach it, is filled only with sunlight and painting supplies, lots of them. He counts up the cans of paint and appraises the size of the room. Uh, just how many coats were you planning on, he asked gently. There are eight cans stacked against the wall, enough to paint her entire apartment. Just two, she says. But there were four colors I liked, so I bought two gallons of each, and I'll just take back the ones I don't use. She's already edged every piece of trim in blue painter's tape, covered the outlets, the switches, and laid down a heavy canvas drop on the hardwood floor. So they set about getting a coat of primer on, filling the time with idle chit-chat, football he didn't get to see, an election he missed, stories of her little brother passing through town like a typhoon. There's a spot between his shoulder blades that's starting to feel tight and an invisible spot in his chest that is wide open and yet to heal. He missed so much. If she's feeling any discomfort regarding his prolonged absence, she's not showing it and hasn't but for that brief moment when she brought him home the first time this side of death. A rare glimpse at vulnerable Scully, and at the time, he didn't even have the eyes to see her. They finished the primer in an hour or so. Her hair has gone curly around the edges and her cheeks are flushed pink. Hungry, she asks, as she sets her roller down. Yeah, I could eat. I'll go make some sandwiches, she says, as she heads for the door. She pauses and the sound she makes catches his attention. There's a quick intake of breath, her shoulders draw up, and one hand clings to the door jam and the other to her belly. Scully? The long handle of his roller slips from his hand and drops to the drop cloth with a muffled thwack. I'm okay, she huffs. It's a Braxton Hicks. One hand drifts to her shoulder, the other to her hip. You sure? Yes, she says, as her shoulders drop and her breathing evens out. I'm sure. I'll make the sandwiches. You go put your feet up, he says, as he guides her into the hall, his hand still anchored to her. It's really not a big deal, she says, as they enter the living room. I have them all the time. The notion that something that happens to her all the time is also something he had not heard of until a week ago further justifies her trepidation with him. He knows that. Yeah, I was paying attention during that class, too. You want a BLT or grilled cheese, he asks, as he walks her to the couch. Really, Mulder, I'm fine, she protests. Chips or salad, he asks, as he helps her to get her feet up on the coffee table. He can feel how puffy her feet and ankles have gotten already. He has to remind himself not to fret over her, though. She doesn't like it, even when she needs it. Chips, he asks, resignation clear in her voice. BLT, he asks? Yeah. They eat quietly. He cleans up, and they head back into the bedroom to pick a color. He rolls a small patch of each shade onto the stark white walls and watches her. She is cupping her right elbow in her left hand and pressing her index fingers against the cupid's bow of her lips. What do you think, he asks. I'm between huckleberry and buttercream. 
He studies the four colors and tries to assess which is which, wondering if all of them are named for food. So, the yellow and the blue? Yeah, I don't know, Mulder. What do you think? Uh, I like the blue, personally. He watches her again as she chews on the inside of her cheek and narrows her eyes. You don't think it's too bright, she asks. A kid's room should be bright, shouldn't it? He reasons. I think I like the buttercream, she says, as she presses her lips together, making her chin dimple like an orange peel. She looks at him as if he is the only one who can reassure her on this. I think it's perfect. You said you like the blue, she said, brows knitted. Scully, if you tell me we're painting this room a neon pink zebra print, that's what we're doing. I don't know, she sighs, now resting her arms over her belly. Okay, worst case scenario. We do the whole room and you hate it, we can just repaint it. I'll paint it four times if you want me to. She looks at him almost surprised. Her right eyebrow tilts, wrinkling her brow. Her eyes go wide and wet, and she sucks in a shaky breath. Yellow, she says softly, looking back at the wall. Let's do yellow. He wants to pull her into his arms and apologize for what a complete schmuck he's been. He doesn't, though. He nods and cracks open the paint can instead. She grabs a paintbrush and sets about cutting in around the trim. He runs the wide roller up and down, up and down. She is working on the next wall, painting around the window. She is up on her tiptoes, trying to get as high as she can. Her belly pushes up against the wall, and paint smears across the front of her overalls. Damn it, she sighs, looking down. Even if he could help laughing, he would not have attempted to stop himself. It's just too damn cute. Her lips flutter as she blows out an exasperated breath. You think that's funny? You should have seen when I knocked over a whole pitcher of iced tea at my mother's with this, she says, as she quirks a melancholy little smile. If the overalls in the pitcher are the only casualties 10 days away from your due date, that ain't half bad, he says, as he continues up and down the wall. I guess so. They finish the first coat and head back to the living room. Her feet have gone from a little puffy to very swollen. He coaxes her onto the couch again and sticks a pillow under her ankles. I think you're done, Scully, he says, as he hands her a glass of ice water. I think you may be right, she concedes, clearly tired. Where's the crib, he asks. He glances around. I'll go put it together before I do the second coat. She takes a sip of water and sets the glass on a coaster. Don't have one, she says simply. He is deeply perplexed. Scully has a meal calendar on her fridge. She has to-do lists for her to-do lists. She likes to know what's coming next. She's a consummate planner. The idea that she's gotten this far into the pregnancy without having everything ready is very unscully. Why not, he asks, as he sits on the coffee table. I wanted to be sure, she says, as she stares down at her belly. Of what? Her eyes water, and it is abundantly clear that she's fighting tears. I couldn't bear the thought of coming home to a finished nursery and not having. She trails off, her breath hitching. She covers her face and muffles the sound of a sob. Oh, Scully, he says mournfully, leaning forward, wrapping himself around her. She doesn't speak, she just cries, pulling her hands away from her face and clinging to him desperately. Don't cry, Scully. Everything is going to be fine. 
You don't know that, she whimpers. You don't know how many times I thought I was losing the only thing I had left. She is quiet for a long moment, like she's holding her breath. You weren't here, she says, pulling away from him. He feels that one, like a bomb going off between his lungs. She's right and he knows it. These attempts he's made, while very well-intentioned, have been shallow at best. A doll, a Lamaze class, they just aren't enough. He's back, but he's not yet found his way back to her, to them. None of his efforts have been equal to the terrifyingly powerful love he feels or the crippling dread over the notion of losing her. I want to be now, he says, cupping her face in his hands. I want this. He presses a tentative hand over the upper swell of her belly. She is radiating a gentle warmth, and the baby is shifting and thumping under his palm. The sobs start anew, and both of her hands grasp and cover his. He leans forward and kisses her belly. We're bringing this baby home, Scully, he says, laying another kiss next to their hands. Home to a perfect yellow room. She coughs out something between a sob and a laugh. What, he asks. I think I like the blue better, she sniffles as she wipes the tears away from her eyes. He laughs and tucks a wayward lock of hair behind her ear. A blue room, then. We'll bring the baby home to a blue room. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>